Local radio for Portsmouth. Memo just after seven o'clock. Thanks to company. Welcome as always across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. This is expressed this week. Hi, this is Chris Pierce. Thanks to your company from Studio One tonight in our little penthouse suite here in central Portsmouth. Thanks to your company uh, for tonight's action-packed programme for you this week. Lots to get to in actual fact in the next couple of hours or so. Ten past seven tonight or thereafter, uh, we're chatting to Adam from Gosport's Andy's Man's Club. We'll find out more about that and Adam can explain all with us in about ten minutes or so here on the show tonight. So we'll talk to him then. We'll find out more about it and who they help, etc. At uh, later 7.25... We're talking to an old friend, part of the Express This Week family, if you like, Rachel Hall from the RSPCA Solents, a.k.a. Stubbington Ark. We'll catch up with Rachel. A new spring video has been launched. We'll find out more about the latest campaign and find out how they've been as well during this pandemic, of course. Uh, we'll catch up with Rachel at 7.25 tonight. Later at 7.45, we're in conversation with Jacqueline Goward. Now, Jacqueline's from a group of corporate reading friends here from the Central Library in Portsmouth. And we'll find out more about the scheme, how you can get involved with that. All that with Jacqueline as our guest at 7.45 here on the show tonight. Later at 10 past 8, uh, we're talking to Andy Simons, who's replacing Jan, replacing Jan Tregulis build uh, from Revitalise UK. We'll be talking to Andy Simons, in actual fact, from that particular organisation. And Andy with us at 10 past 8 for chat about that, who they help, etc. And how they've coped, of course, during these tough times. We need a bit of a leg up, you see. So we're trying to look at things positive tonight here on the show. And Andy, tell us more about Revitalise UK at 10 past 8. Sorry, so much to get through tonight. At uh, 8.25, we're in conversation with Deborah Goatley-Birch. She's from the Autism Hampshire. Find out how they've coped and find out more about autism and the signs to look for too. So we'll catch up with Deborah uh, later for a chat with us at 8.25 tonight. And at 8.45, we're in conversation with Maureen Page. Now Maureen's from the Batsa Ancient Farm. We'll find out all about that. One of those hidden gems in the Hampshire countryside. So we'll talk more about that with Maureen later with us at 8.45. So we're going to cram all that in uh, here on the show tonight. We'll do that from now until 9 o'clock. We'll turn our attention to the week's news and views, of course. And uh, we've heard a lot of stories lately about mental health because of these uh, current situations we find ourselves in. Uh, here's a group which um, helps people and gets people to talk, really, from Andy's Man Club uh, in, in Gosport, in actual fact. Uh, Adam joins us on the line now. Adam, good evening to you. Evening, Chris. How are you? Not so bad, Sav. How, how's you? You all right? Yeah, fantastic. Really good. Good, good to speak to you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I mean, this is something which I come across, and it's one. Of, it's a great organisation. I mean, Taz, how it all started, first of all, Andy, because this is like a, a franchise, isn't it? Yeah, so Andy's Man Club itself um, started a few years back in Halifax um, after the um, unfortunate loss of a family member um, from one of the co-founders, um, Luke Ambler, who's an ex-rugby player, and um, himself uh, and Andy's mum um, got Andy's man club up and running off the ground 
Um, and, it, and it was all about getting people in the local area in Halifax together, um, lads together on a Monday night, having a chat, talking about their issues. Um, uh, and that's grown um, up until a point where before lockdown, they had 28 clubs nationwide. Mm. And then over lockdown, obviously, with, with the, the massive hit on, on mental health and, and people people's issues and, and struggling with the lockdown, and has grown to currently 45 clubs across the country and an online presence. Wow. So this has actually snowballed because of the pandemic, really, hasn't it? I think people have really got to um, got to realise that their mental health is, is vital mm. um, and as important as their physical health. And people need a place to to focus on that. And, and Andy's Man Club does that for, for men, for me at least. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of fell in love with it online. Um, the concept's really simple. Um, and when I was approached by a friend to start a club up in in the local area it, it was a no-brainer for me yeah yeah now you're in gospel and you've had great support really haven't you to, to get this off the huge. ground absolutely huge in the local area um first of all gospel borough football club where we hold the club on a monday night um have been imperative in, in us getting it off the ground so quickly and it being so successful they've welcomed us into the to the club and and um and to use their facilities with open arms, and it's, that's, that's been absolutely magic for us. Um, we had the mayor down last week um, with her husband and, and, and consort, and, you know, just the, the support locally has been amazing. Um, it really has been been good to see. And how many of you within the team actually sort of run the, the actual club itself? Um, so the club at Gosport is just myself um, yeah. and a guy called Steve, who's a teacher from Hamble, um, wow. who, who's who's sort of a huge um, influence locally for mm. me um, all, all over Hampshire and his aim is to try and open up as many clubs across um, Hampshire as he can um, Gosport's just the start as far as he's concerned Fantastic. for me Gosport's uh, my hometown and that's what I want to look after the Latin gospel yeah absolutely uh, and it's a great saying on the website if you want to go on the website there are all the details there we'll give that out shortly but um, I think the motto there is that you've either been through a storm or currently going through a storm or have a storm brewing in, in your life and that's quite significant really isn't it it is yeah I mean it's um, it's really important I think men tend to wait until something's gone horrifically wrong to deal with it when it comes to mental health um, as do a lot of people um, and it just sort of focuses the club itself focuses on you know talking about stuff early on getting it off your chest listening to other people talk about their problems and realising that actually some people are going through the same stuff as you mm. um, and helping each other deal with that do we're not we... there to fix anyone no do you think we're a bit embarrassed as blokes to, to open up about our feelings do you think that's possibly the issue here um, I think it's the environment more than anything. Mm. One thing I've realised and one thing I've taken away from Andy's Man Club um, since I started using Andy's Man Club myself is that men aren't afraid to talk. Men aren't embarrassed to talk. Um, actually, it's just creating the right envir- environment for them to do it. Um, there's a sort of stigma around mental health and, you know, the strap line, the, the hashtag for the, for the club is it's okay to talk. Um, a, a lot of people have said to me, uh, men are rubbish at talking. You know, men don't talk about any of their problems. Men do talk about their problems if the environment's right. You know, and as a club, we sort of keep it private. It's Chatham House rules. What happens in the club stays in the club. Mm. Um, there's no... Sounds like Fight Club, it's not. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, it's just about creating that safe 
space, that environment for men to open up and talk without being judged and without having that then taken outside the group and used against them later on. It, it's just about um, like-minded blokes supporting each other. Yeah, yeah. And these are all ages, I, I, I guess. Yeah, 18 up. So anyone over 18 um, can come along to the club. And hopefully soon with restrictions being lifted, we can bring back um, making a brew. So we have a little break halfway through, have a cup of tea, a um, bit more of a sort of free chin wag, um, not as structured, and, um, and and get back to, you know, the good times. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, hopefully that's just lurking around the corner for us. But it's taking its toll this pandemic. And I suppose you know, with, with clubs, thankfully, such as yourself, um, actually out of bad, it, it always comes good, doesn't it, in the end? I think so, yeah. I mean, for me, since getting involved with Andy's Man Club and opening the club in Gosport, mm. what I've realised and what I've noticed is how much has been opened in Gosport. And there's loads of different organisations that I wasn't aware of and people running volunteer groups and, yeah. and um, different things happening um, all across the region that I just wasn't aware of until I started looking. I think yeah. that's the thing is just to get people's awareness up and start looking for those outlets. It doesn't have to be Aldi's Man Club. I mean, hopefully, if you're a guy and you're over 18 and you want to vent and get stuff off your chest and come for a chat, you know, I'd love you to come along, but it doesn't have to be us. There's loads of stuff around the area that is opening up for, for people to go and use to clear their head or, you know, do something about their mental health. You've yeah. just got to take that first step. That's the most important bit. Now, people can contact you, I guess. Is that how it works? Yeah, so um, because of COVID restrictions at the moment, um, the club run a track and trace system. Um, so if anyone wants to come along, if they contact the um, the HQ staff up in Halifax on info at andysmanclub.co.uk, those guys will provide a link to the track and trace form that can be used repeatedly week on week um, to uh, book your seat. As soon as restrictions are lifted and we no longer need to do that, it will just be a case of turning up on a Monday night um, in time for seven o'clock, so we can get together and um, and go through the routine and talk about stuff. Yeah, and just have a chin wag and literally get it off your chest, uh, which is good, which is definitely what we need, uh, and uh, far more important these days. I think it's the pandemic's done very sort of not bizarre things, but it's sort of opened your eyes up a bit, hasn't it? I think it has. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's just um, made me sort of focus on my family more and. Mm. You know, it's made me sort of turn my eyes inwards rather than outwards and focus a little bit more on, on how I do things. And um, for me, Andy's Man Club was a, was a godsend and come at the right time for me. It's amazing uh, how it can change attitudes as well you know, and behaviours. It's fascinating stuff. Uh, Adam, if people want to find out more about the club, how can they do that? How can they go about it? So they can go on to the Andy's Man Club website, um, www.andysmanclub.co.uk. They can visit our Facebook page. Um, so you've got the Andy's Man Club um, Facebook page on Facebook. Um, they've got a page on Instagram and on Twitter. You can message the uh, the guys at the head office directly through those pages, or you can go on to your local pages. On the website itself, um, it's got a full list of all 45 clubs that are open in the UK um, and the link to the online club. And there's also another three clubs opening up in the very near future around the country as well. So it will grow with pace, I think, as we come out of lockdown as well. Yeah, I uh, think so too. Come. 
yeah definitely stuff it's good it's a good idea as well adam look it's nice to keep in touch with you if we can and uh, and come back to you later on in the year if that's all right mate uh, it's always nice Absolutely. to sort of have a, a second little chin wag and see how things are going but uh, adam appreciate your time thanks for coming on tonight good luck with it you, i hope i'm sure you get a night off if you ever get a night off, Chris, you're always welcome to come. Bless up. you. I'll, I'll come over to my hometown. <laughs> 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 Cheers, Adam. You, you look after Thank yourself. You. Regards to all there. Take care, mate. Cheers. You too, buddy. Bye-bye, Bye. mate. Bye-bye. Adam there from Andy's Man Club. And uh, again, as he said, the, all the details on the website, andysmanclub.co.uk is how you can get involved and get in touch with that. Local radio for Portsmouth. This is Express FM. Well, always great to get some of our previous guests on the programme, part of the Express This Week family, if you like. And nice to sort of catch up and see how our friends have been doing, particularly here with the RSPCA Sonant, of course, IEKA, Stubborn Arc, and great to go back with us, Rachel Hall from uh, the Arc itself. Rachel, good evening to you. Hello, Chris. How are you? You all right? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm very good. Good stuff. Very well. Good. That's what I like to hear. And since we last chatted, which I think was back in the last year now, wasn't it, I think? think so yeah time goes so fast oh <laughs> i can't believe it it seems like months ago from here to eternity um but um yeah i mean it it's business as usual really, i guess isn't it it is yeah um obviously now obviously restrictions are kind of easing a little bit yeah. so obviously we are getting busier now with animals um, oh, yeah. which is which is a good thing yeah. obviously um but yes, that's picking up. Obviously, my shops have reopened. That's really brilliant. So now we've got money coming in again, which is amazing because obviously that hasn't happened for the last three months. No. Were you concerned um, about that, Rachel? Oh, definitely. But yeah. I mean, obviously, we've done everything we can in terms of, you know, I've been applying for grants and local authorities and stuff like that. So I've done everything that I can do in that respect. But as you know, fundraising face to face can't happen. So that's been a very, very difficult area to kind of. Yeah look after really but um i've done the best that i can in terms of getting the money through the door yeah. but obviously now as i said with restrictions kind of easy we can then hopefully start to plan stuff in the diary yeah fingers crossed because we need a bit of a boost anyway and, and certainly Absolutely. um uh, organizations such as yourself that's actually quite vital you know so we, we yeah. need to get the, the the money rolling in there uh yeah. and it is challenging but with something like you know what you run locally yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it, it's always a tough kind of charity and kind of, you know, in the mm. charity world itself is quite tough. Um, so to keep it going, is to get that momentum up is always quite difficult. But yeah, hopefully now we can we can start to, to plug away and, you know, get some money back. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, now, you, you, basically, we'll, we'll chat some more about um, the ARC itself uh, in a second or so. But I mean, we want to sort of focus on the, a launch of a new spring video. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, we have um, a quite a large um, small animal and wildlife department um, at the Ark, and we cater for a lot of animals, a lot of different species, um, and it's basically falling down, to be quite blunt. Um, so it's been <laughs> there sort of, sort of 30, 30 plus years now, and it's never been kind of, you know, sorted out, if you like, and revamped or anything. So that's going to be our new campaign. It's going to be called Fur and Feathers, so it's quite appropriate. <laughs> Um, and we're going to obviously launch with that a load of fundraising events. We hope to have a fun day um, in the summertime over in, in August, we think. Um, that's what we're hoping for. Um, a fright night in Halloween um, sort of time. And then obviously, hopefully, a Christmas day at the beginning of December. So with that, we're going to launch a spring video. Now, we're, doing them, we're still making it at the moment because we've had a few issues <laughs> with getting it made. But it is coming in the next couple of weeks. So basically, keep your eyes peeled 
on our website, on Facebook and stuff like that. And hopefully you can kind of donate that way. So, yeah, that's kind of a new project that we've got on the go. Yeah, because you've got several sort of, I'm just looking at your website. There's all sorts of things going on there, all sorts of different oh, projects, yeah. isn't there? I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, so much going yeah. on. I guess in a way you're playing catch up, aren't you? In a sense. Of course, yeah. And, and things obviously don't stop moving at the arc. I mean, obviously where we've been in lockdown, obviously people haven't been up there, but we've been working as normal and obviously staff have sure. been there, animals have been in as normal. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't ever stop really. A no. um, bit of an update on the cattery, so for all the Yeah, well, that's, so, what, that's what I was getting at, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's obviously in the background as well. So a bit of an update on that. So our planning permission has now been... Um, the go-ahead, so we now have that, wow. and also from RSPCA HQ, so we've got the go-ahead and we've been approved, so Smashing. for phase one, um, so we're now looking to appoint contractors um, alongside, you know, our architects and stuff like that, so that's you know, in the pipeline as well, so that's another massive project, so it's just a massive thank you to everyone who's made a pledge and a donation towards that project. Just sort of, touch, um, just to be fresh listeners, uh, Rachel, a phase one of this category, what, what, what's going to go in it? What, what, you know, tell us a little bit about basically it. Basically, it's, it's going to be an intake, yeah. um, intake category um, for basically everything, that, that the cats that come into our into our care, because at the moment we have a building that's been, been condemned, oh. um, so it's looking to basically replace that. Um, so we do have one building on site that we're currently using for it's probably much a multi-use if you like at the moment but it's going to be split out and eventually we'll have an adoption category and an intake category obviously separate and all that kind of stuff so yeah so you know at the moment it's uh, uh, all looking good fantastic well so that's a bit of good news uh, and yeah. you got you mentioned the other other things going on Yep, so as I said, the other things, we've got fur and, fur and feathers, as I said, it's a bit of a yep. mouthful, I'm <laughs> um, got a new mascot, so he'll be out and about um, in the local area in the summertime and at different events, so keep an eye out for him, and if you do see him, come and get a picture. Fantastic. Come and say hi, and obviously spread some awareness that way. Obviously, shops are being open now, um, commercial boarding, so that's obviously taken off again, because hopefully people are now going to start to go away, obviously in the UK only at the moment kind of thing. Sure. Um, but obviously, if they are going to go abroad, then obviously we're the perfect place to leave your, you know, your pampered pooch. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're obviously a, a great service for that. So if you do have trouble, then we're, we're your people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and everything else is on the website. Um, and Facebook for obviously newer updates and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, and what about donations itself? I mean, can, are you still on the lookout for donations, not just financially, but also food and that kind of thing? Yeah, of course, as always. Um, yeah, so bedding. We don't take duvets um, or pillows, but anything else, blanket-wise, yes, and towels. I'm not sure on the status of that at the Ark at the moment, so don't quote me on that right this minute no. because uh, every few weeks we have to do a, oh, no, don't need any more at the moment because we need to get so through. always back. changing. So, yeah. yeah, so it always changes. So best yeah. on the website for that kind of stuff. But food, treats, anything like that, we're always welcome. Yeah. And look, I mean, as you said there, um, and we're all aware, restrictions are slowly easing. Are you seeing an increase on animals yet? Or do you think it will yes. happen if, if not? Yes, we are. Um, we definitely are. I mean, obviously we're restricted at the moment in terms of the amount that we can make. As I said, because obviously we're just are starting to see increase, definitely, and um, yeah, that's only going to increase, we think, and that's the prediction from the RSPCAs. So it is on the increase. We're just losing your signal there. Yeah, I, I think we've just about got you there, Rachel. But um, so it's definitely on the increase. Yes. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really, if you're going to take on an animal, it's commitment, and that's something to bear in mind when you when you do it, isn't it? 
yeah, every animal is a commitment, whether that be financially, mm. emotionally, you know, looking after them 24-7, you know, you've got to be able to dedicate the time and the money. And I think people forget that. They they buy this animal or, or you know, inherit an animal and they just think, oh, that's fine, you know, that we don't need to pay out or take it to the vet or anything, but these animals do require care and they do require attention. So, yes, definitely, it's a massive commitment. Yeah, and I mean animals at the moment. You know, uh, I guess you're, you're you're fairly full then, aren't you? Yes, I mean in terms of dogs, I believe we're pretty full. And as I said, with cats, it's a bit difficult because obviously you know we are just embarking on new projects, but we do have quite a few. And again, we're coming into different the spring season now, so wildlife is going to start to pick up as well. Where you know the hedgehogs and the birds and all that kind of stuff start to come in as well. So yeah, so quite a lot. <laughs> It's never ending, really, is it? Um, as you go yeah. through the seasons, there's always something else that uh, yeah. I, I get. Because you take, <laughs> you literally take all sorts, don't you? We do. Yeah, there's, there's nothing we don't take, and we would take it anyway, and then move it on to another RSPCA site if we didn't. So, for example, reptiles, we we don't keep them necessarily for a long yeah. period of time, um, or kind of rehome them, but we do pass them on to to kind of new RSPCA sites that do. So, but we all take it in the first instance. Yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing really that we won't take. Apart from horses, that's the only thing. Yeah, that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, horses. I mean, these are things you don't really think of, do you? I mean, as you say, it's um, it's quite it's, uh, varied. <laughs> it's yeah. quite varied. Quite challenging uh, at times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, um, things like that. Um, I mean, um, if people want to get involved, fundraise, I mean, how can we do our bit to support you? Uh, basically check out our website i mean we're always a welcome donation whether that be you know direct bank transfers you know paypal um fundraising you know we've got our new ebay venture so buying things through ebay obviously our shop you know there's lots of ways pe- people can get involved giving donations whether that be to, to, as I say, to our charity shops whether that be monetary you know there's, there's just loads and loads of ways people can help okay and they can go on to uh the website which is yep which is Fantastic. And all the details there and how you can support yeah, it, donate. And also our Facebook and page as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, if you're serious, and we have to emphasise the serious bit, uh, and committed, if you're interested in adopting uh, an animal. Absolutely. Yeah. We're on there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it takes you through step by step on what we've got available for adoption at the moment. A little bit of story about the animal itself, and it, yeah, it takes you through that whole journey of what you need to do. Yeah, because it is tough out there. I know. And this is our final chat. I understand, Rachel. It is. It is. <laughs> for about for a year. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I, I, I'm hearing tiny feet, Rachel. Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm going off to have a baby. Oh, bless um, you. So, yeah, so going off at the end of May. So it'll be my last chat with you for a while, but hopefully next year we can catch up when I'm back. Absolutely. Well, look, good luck with it. Congratulations Thanks as well. Uh, uh, when's little one due? Uh, 7th of July. So wow. Yeah. Soon be here before you can blink in an eye. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary how quick this year has gone. I know so much has happened, and, and we've been in lockdown for most of it. I know. But um, it, it's weird, isn't it? It's gone quick. I mean, yeah, we've had this conversation before, but uh, it's fantastic. Well, Rachel, I'm going to yeah, miss you, you. Uh, for about a year or so. Thank you very much. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get you back on when, when all is well. So stay in touch with us, won't you? Let us know how you I get on, do. won't you? I will do. Because uh, it and was thank nice. Thank you very much for your support, and thank you to everyone for listening. And 
kind of giving all their support to us. We really do appreciate it. Well, we'll keep in touch, whatever, and um, and we'll, we're going to support um, Stompton Art. It's local, and hey, you Wonderful. do some great work up there too. Rosie, look after yourself. Take care. I will do. And uh, regards to all there. Look after yourself, as okay. I say. Uh, we'll care. talk soon. Cheers, Rachel. Bye-bye. Rachel Hall there for, um, from the RSPCA. So um, if you want to find more information about uh, Pat's adopting an animal, fundraising, donating tins of food or whatever, uh, go to the website. It's probably the best pa- uh, place to have a look at that. RSPCA, Sony Branch, .org.uk. And local news and views is what we do uh, from that on to 9 o'clock tonight, right across the area. Uh, turn our attention to us here in central Portsmouth and the, uh, a group called Reading Friends, in actual fact, uh, working out of the city library here, the central library in Guildhall Square. And uh, to tell us more about Reading Friends, who's, who sounds petrified on the phone. <laughs> Bless her. Uh, Jacqueline Guard's on the line with us now. Jacqueline, good evening to you. Good evening. Chris. How are you, right? I'm good, thank you. Good. You're not I'm petrified. Shining. You're not petrified, are you? Please say you're not. No, good. not at all. You'll be fine, Jacqueline. You'll be fine. <laughs> I won't keep you too long anyway. But it's just nice <laughs> to find out about this. I, uh, in fact, I picked her up by, I think it's reading the, the, the Council flagship uh, magazine that comes out, which is how I found you. Um, yeah. I mean, tell us about the group, because I wasn't aware there was such a group. It's always right, nice so- to unearth these organisations. That's right. So Reading Friends is a telephone befriending service at the moment, um, obviously because of the pandemic, etc., um, which connects people by starting conversations through reading. Um, obviously, there's been an increasing focus on loneliness and isolation, particularly amongst the older people in the UK and especially in the last year. So with support from the National Lottery Community Fund, the Reading Agency's Reading Friends programme tackles loneliness by using the proven power of reading. Wow, okay. Um, yes. Wow. Oh, so this is something which... Um, where was it started, first of all? Because obviously this is like a UK thing, but obviously we've got our own little sort of franchise, if you like, here, here in the city. Yeah, so... Um, Reading Friends actually did start in 2017 by the Reading Agency, but it was only piloted with six library authorities. And so it's now greatly been expanded and the government gave a lot more funding um, around December last year. So other library authorities could um, apply for this funding and uh, roll this out, really. So we're at the very beginning of reading friends project so we're just sort of trying to launch it and we've already got um some clients etc but it is quite a new thing and it is really through the government funding and the reading agency so in a perverse way and this sounds really awful in in a sense but it's possibly come at the right time hasn't it yeah, oh, absolutely, and that's why, because obviously um, there are so many more lonely people. People are really um, suffering with loneliness and isolation. Um, obviously, the last year has been so difficult, especially for older ones who haven't been able to see relatives and have almost been locked indoors, haven't they? So, yes. you know, to have this telephone befriending service um, is such a, a great asset. And um, at Portsmouth Library Services, we offer a friendly weekly, fortnightly, or whatever suits the client. A chat over the telephone about something they may have read, whether it be books, 
newspaper articles, magazines, even letters, poems, reminiscence, or we can start the conversations with things that we we've, we've got resourced. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it is uh, a new project which I already call people. Um, so it's myself, Julie Duffy, who's our visually impaired officer. Hello, Julie. Yeah. Get her on. Hello, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Um, or Jolene, one of our amazing volunteers. And oh, Jolene. I'm recruiting for more. <laughs> yeah, okay. Jolene. Jolene, yeah, is it? For, that's it. Ah, for more volunteers right. at the moment. So, so the, um, obviously, the, once it gets going, it's uh, yeah. going to be very busy. Yes. Uh, and, well, well, this is good, you see, because obviously, you know, with people sort of restricted, as you say, uh, even trying to get into the library as well, uh, the way things are, uh, at least this is a, one way of getting around that and still sort of keeping that connection going, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So basically we can um, call anybody in the PO1 to PO6 okay. postcode, so anywhere in Portsmouth. Um, like we say, many are older, but not necessarily. Um, and we've also always had really for over the last 20 years Portsmouth housebound library service so we've got a lot of clients or housebound readers um that have signed up for the um for the reading friends project because they really appreciate a friendly call every week yes. so they can chat about the books they've read etc and uh, it's proving really successful there and helping a lot of people and obviously once we have all our flyers and publicity printed. We anticipate many more clients. Yeah, and again, it's one way of keeping in touch with you know, what is going on in the outside world as well. So it's it's well worth service, and certainly it's um, it brings people together, as you say. How are people referred to you, Jacqueline? Is it by you know, them contacting you? I mean, you mentioned you contacted them, but how has it initially started? Right, yes. Obviously, when flyers go out, um, my details will be on there. So, obviously, I can give them out. So, it's Jacqueline Garrard. um, And, obviously, I've got my email address, which is jacqueline.garrard at portsmouthcc.gov.uk. And I can give out your telephone number um, if you like. Um, Yeah. So, usually directly through me, but my telephone number is 02392-688-049. Okay. And I can arrange the weekly calls. Yeah, because this is great, as you say, for people being lonely. And uh, we've talked a lot about it uh, on the program. We've, we we talked about it earlier, actually, on, on, on the show, with mental health being the, 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 the thing at the moment because of this pandemic, which hasn't helped. Yeah, absolutely. And so we know how powerful reading can be. Studies found that regular readers tend to be less lonely because Obviously, books take people into another world, don't yes. they? Um, so books have shown to be beneficial in supporting mental and physical health. Yeah. And reading's been found to be significantly improved common symptoms of both depression and dementia. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that, again, we've, that's something we've uh, discussed, I think, on last week's program about dementia. But um, but mental health is certainly one of those issues, uh, and this is a great way of sort of, as you say, transporting, really, isn't it? Out of the doom and gloom we currently find ourselves into something, you know, uh, we can sort of relate to it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, from the summer onwards, obviously, depending on restrictions, yes, um, we're going to start up reading friends' groups, that are actually going to meet in various Portsmouth libraries um, where these groups will be able to have a friendly, enjoyable... 
chat, you know, with tea and cake. <laughs> Always got to be cake. Um, lots of socialisation and conversation um, with the common interest of reading or sharing personal stories, really, or anything that, that interests them. So that would be even better because then they'd be able to have the actual social yeah. socialisation. Yeah. It's much needed. Uh, and that's interaction. I guess that's what people miss, isn't it? The actual one-to-one interaction. Uh, it, it's something that's missed. It's not It's mm. not quite the same than a phone line or a Zoom call, is it? No, absolutely not. No, we can't wait to actually get these groups together. Yeah. You know, but at the moment, we're, we're quite sure. restricted. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, it'd be nice once uh, restrictions are lifted a little bit further uh, as we go later on through the year. What's, what's the most popular book then uh, through this? Is there a popular book that people sort of tend to sort of read? Well, it's it's not necessarily about an actual book, like a book club, because obviously we've got loads of book clubs running right. in Portsmouth or through Zoom at the moment. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, and obviously they pick a book for the group and then go away, read the book, and then we'll discuss it a month later. Yeah. Um, so this is any reading material at all. Right. Um, because so many people like different genres, and if you get a group together, you can't necessarily... Um, rely on the fact that they're all going to like romances or, you know, family sagas or thrillers or crime or horror. So it's really just discussion about what they do like and reading maybe excerpts of what they love or their favourite books, etc. So there's no real um, most popular book, if you like. No, no. Because everyone's got their own personal choices. Sure. Sure. So this is a general thing that anyone can get involved with, basically, who pets on their their own and what have you, and and just someone to talk to as well, which is of comfort, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, yes, obviously we'll make the the groups enjoyable when we're able to do so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it could be a couple of hours long. Um, We're currently trying to um, build a group for when Cosham Library opens, because obviously that's under refurbishment at the moment. And we're really excited to be able to work with other organisations in trying to um, create this group. Well, fingers yeah. crossed then for that then. So, uh, you know, if people want to find more d- details about that, perhaps volunteering, they can go onto the website. Oh, absolutely, yes. So, if you also, if you fancy being a reading befriender, then you can contact me and I can... Uh, talk you through it fantastic now the website address is readingfriends.org.uk is that right yes fantastic and, and they can go through there and find the information and and ways to volunteer as well yes exactly fantastic Jacqueline it's lovely talking to you good luck with it all it's nice to sort of find out and uh, little organisations which we might have missed so it's nice to sort of find these uh, these groups and uh, all the good work that you do as well and keeping people sort of, I guess entertained and informed isn't it really in some yeah, ways absolutely yeah, yes. yeah and Just keeping them included keep people cheerful as well yeah we need a bit of that don't we we need a bit of that yeah, too right Jacqueline, it's <laughs> lovely talking to you. Stay in touch. Always nice to come back to you. But uh, for now, thanks for coming on tonight. All right, you look after yourself. Regards to all there. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Cheers, Jacqueline. Too. Take care, lovely. Bye-bye. Bye. Look at that, just on ten past eight. Express this week. Thanks for your company. Local news and news right across the area. 
From Portsmouth to South East Hampshire, right across there. Thanks for you. Being there tonight for FM, DAB and online. Dave's online with us as always, our regular. Hi to you, Dave. Thanks for being there and tuning in to the programme. Pam's in Copner tonight. Jerry's in Ferrum, so thank you for wherever it happens. You be uh, tuning into the programme. Uh, more of the week's news and views and uh, featuring local organisations too, which we're nice to sort of chance to catch up with. Uh, here's one which uh, we haven't covered for a wee while in actual fact, but it's a group called Revitalise. Uh, to tell us more about the group itself, Andy Simons joins us on the line now. Andy, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. Thanks for having us on. How it's a you? pleasure. All right, not bad. How's yourself? Yeah, good, hey, thank keeping. you. Very good. Yeah, good. Despite all this kerfuffle and what have you. Uh, it's a trying time for uh, charities and, and so, charities such as yourself. Yeah, it's been well. It's been a hell of a journey, Chris. I mean, yeah. we, uh, your your listeners might know we're a charity that normally provides holidays for disabled people uh, in our Hampshire centre down in Netley, and we're very proud of that. Proud to put on entertainment and to you know um, provide a range of exciting excursions for people. But we haven't been able to do that for so long. Uh, we've had to adapt significantly, but um, we, you know, obviously, I'm going to say this, but I think we've done that really well. You know, we've we've worked to support the NHS locally. Revitalise has um, teams of nurses and carers who are normally providing that holiday experience. And obviously, during this time, the NHS has been in need of all the support it can get, especially nurses. So our teams have been proud to help out, and, and Hampshire patients from hospitals locally have been able to come to revitalize and we were in fact the first uh, in hampshire to be classed as a designated setting which means we could look after people who had covid um, and our teams were very brave wow. to take that on and to look after people during this time yeah so you've had a busy 12 months then we have we have indeed uh, and as, as things start to ease now you know we've yeah. had a bit of sunshine and and you know we can go we can pop to the pub um, and it's nice, but the, the thing I wanted to share with you, Chris, is that that's not yet the case for everybody. No. Uh, for, dis- for disabled people and families uh, in communities across Hampshire, there's, a, there's still a way to go. You know, they've had, if you think about that year we've had, and then you think about having 24-7 caring responsibility, and then having none of your usual support provided because the Emergency Coronavirus Act meant that a lot of the normal services uh, had to be taken down, you know, taken away for understandable reasons. Also, no access to a break uh, on top of your, your responsibility. And, and that's you know, that's gone on for a year. And it's, it's a desperate situation. Um, but there's good news. And, and it's wonderful news. And again, that's that's what I would say, because Revitalise is open. You know, we, we are open to, to provide breaks for people who are in that sort of situation so that families and disabled people can get a change of scene and they can be supported by our expert team and just have a, have a, have a break from it all after all this time. It's so tough, isn't it? And that's the, that's the thing with organisations such as yourself and the people that you help. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's that community which I find it more difficult, I think, isn't it, to, to deal with situations like this? Yeah, well, it's you know, there's there's just a lot more that you have to deal with. That that caring responsibility becomes part of your life, and and, and, you know, our guests would say often would say that they're not carers; they're just a mum or a dad or a husband or a wife who loves their their partner or their or their child and needs to do what that that person needs. But um, it is it's not fair to expect those people to do that without any sort of support or any sort of break. No, and they they, no, exactly, and they just do it because for the love of the person they're looking after, isn't it? That's how they see absolutely. it. I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Are what, you? What? Yeah, are you finding still people that you know are not that they shy away from charity, don't they? 
That can be that can be a challenge. Yeah, people uh, you know often often pride pride yeah. uh, pr- yeah. proud and they don't don't want to accept support. Yes, um, and that's you know that's something that we are very keen to address because uh, coming to revitalize and coming on a revitalized break is is fun and it's exciting or it's relaxing depending on what what is right for you. But it's uh, it's not something that you need to be worried about taking up. It's it's a it's a fun and positive thing to do. Uh, it's great for the disabled person that comes to us and obviously carers are welcome to come along and enjoy the break too but often carers will want to just take some time away from their caring responsibilities and do their own thing but either way it's it's a huge support for those families yeah how are people refer to you andy how does that work uh, well, you can you can come and see us at revitalise.org.uk. There's lots of information there. Um, you can you can get in touch by phone as well, um, and we also provide leaflets and brochures with all the all the essential information. Um, our phone number is 0303 Beautifully said, and that's the thing as well because I guess people still don't sort of know that you are a charity and you need to fundraise yourself. Yeah, and that's that's been another impact of uh, of the lockdown is mm-hmm. that fundraising activity has been difficult. Lots of charities have been hit very hard, uh, and there's yeah. less there's less money. We've actually been um, quite successful and very fortunate to get grants from the national lottery and from a number of generous uh, trusts and foundations who could see the important um, uh, you know the increased need that disabled people and families had for access for access to a break during the lockdown. We've been able to support people throughout. Uh, as well as working alongside the NHS, um, and uh, and yeah, we need we need support, and we're very glad to have the support of the Hampshire community. We've got a number of charity shops across Hampshire, and um, thank you to all the all the listeners who shop there and donate their items there. Cause it all goes towards giving disabled people and families a well earned rest. And what about volunteers? Are you still on the lookout for people to help out? Yes, we are, and uh, volunteers are an important part of our service. It's it's not something that we're running right now, Chris, sure. because the the coronavirus rules, the COVID guidance is still quite strict, and obviously we do take the safety of our guests very carefully. So we've got access to COVID testing uh, and temperature checking. Uh, we're, we're experts on infection control under normal circumstances, but obviously that's been useful now, um, especially. Uh, and we work very closely with the NHS guidance to limit the number of people coming in and out of a centre so that everybody's kept safe. Yeah, sure thing. Andy, if people want to find out more about Revitalise, how can they do that? How can they go about it? Yeah, come and see us at revitalise.org.uk or give us a, a phone call or pop into one of the shops, why not, and chat with the guys there. And all sorts of ways to get involved and find out more about it. Andy, it's good work that you do, and uh, I know it's tough and it's trying at the moment, but hopefully light at the end of the tunnel, as they say. Fingers crossed yep. that, uh, you yep. know, come as we get further into summer, um, things will be a little bit brighter fingers crossed yeah the, the signs are good and we're looking forward to providing a more and more uh, exciting uh, break experience as the guidelines relax yeah bless you andy keep up the good work that you all do and particularly through these challenging times the world it is appreciated by one and all uh, but thanks for coming on tonight mate and uh, look after yourself all right cheers thank, thank you chris cheers andy thanks. take care mate bye-bye bye-bye andy from revitalized and you find out more about the organization and how perhaps you can get involved in the future and indeed about those respite holidays as well you can go onto their website revitalize.org.uk is the address 
Uh, local news and views and organisational meetings tonight, certainly. And we're talking autism and autism Hampshire, in actual fact. And just down the road in Whiteley uh, is the organisation itself. And mm, chatting with us uh, from Autism Hampshire, Deborah Goatley Birch is on the line with us now. Deborah, good evening to you. Hello, good how, evening. How are you? Are you right? Yes, I'm very well. Good you. stuff, keeping safe and all that kind of thing, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's been a trying year, though, hasn't it, Deborah? <laughs> it's been yeah, a hell of a year. How, how have you as an organisation coped? Yeah, it's been really tricky, actually. Um, and I think, like a lot of other organisations, we have to really think creatively and quickly. And, um, yeah, we've... Um, so we moved a lot of our, on, our stuff online um, and we've been able to stay connected with our community and, um, and with people online. And, uh, yeah, we've been able to do quite a lot, actually, because as an organisation, um, we have a lot of social groups. So we've been able to move all of those online um, and have weekly meetings. And we've also done a load of wellbeing stuff. And as the pandemic has gone along, we've sort of developed and been a bit more creative with the services that we provide. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been good because we have been able to continue with a lot of our services um, virtually, you know, over over some of the amazing platforms that, that have popped up like Teams and Zoom that we've never really heard of before. So, no. <laughs> yeah. no, it's been quite a year for that, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it, I know. And at one point I was in my living room with a green screen um, doing a virtual art exhibition for Autism Hampshire with my child filming me. That's, that's, that's how creative it got in the emergency. Fantastic. <laughs> so you used to be on the TV reports and things, not having just you know appropriate bookshelves behind you, you know. Yeah, well, I'm lucky because a lot of the work that I do yeah. um, is creative, and uh, I'm and I'm an artist and I have a studio, oh, well, there so you I have go. the perfect setting. It always looks, you know, Deborah, full you, of interesting. You're just things, showing yeah. off now, aren't you? It's not big, am, it's not yeah. clever. <laughs> <laughs> not I like it though. <laughs> Fantastic, but I mean, Autism Hampshire. I mean, it's been it's been going a good few years now, hasn't it? Yeah. So Autism um, Hampshire has sort of had a variety of of, um, of different kind of names, and um, yeah, it's got like a really long, really long legacy actually. And Autism Hampshire um, was started by parents. Um, of an autistic child and over the years has sort of evolved um, to what we are now, um, our, our modern service, which is growing and growing at a great rate, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it really is. It, it's coming to its own, hasn't it? Because you've expanded. Because uh, weren't you the Hampshire Autistic Society at one time, weren't you? That's right, yeah. Yes. So it's moved and, and evolved on from yeah, that. Yeah, think um, about so, that. <laughs> yeah, so we have the National Autistic Society, yes. which obviously serves the whole country, yeah. but, um, and, you know, uh, the UK. But, but um, we've, well, our focus is on Southampton, but we, um, sorry, on uh, Hampshire, but we are moving out of that, actually, and looking to expand our services beyond the borders. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Autism Hampshire as well is very interested in the new model. You may have heard this term, neurodiversity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so we're very interested in neurodiversity. And, um, and it's become sort of um, part of our remit, really, um, yeah, and around awareness and education around that. Yeah, is the message sort of getting out there? Because obviously people, uh, do they still not sure how to react with someone with autism? I think, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's a, a difficult one, isn't it? Aware- 
Yeah, it is. And there's a lot of awareness still needed, but then there's a lot of research needed. So it's not, you know, what I was going to say is not, it's autism is generally what they would call a hidden disability. Right. So it's very difficult to tell by looking at somebody because it's not something that, that gives you some kind of obvious physical, no. um, no. you know, pointer. Um, and yeah, that is really difficult. And there is still so much research sort of going on around autism. I'm, I'm myself, I'm autistic. Um, and okay. I didn't get diagnosed until I was, I'm 46 now, and I didn't get diagnosed until I think I was 41. Oh, well, what were the telltale, telltale signs in Deborah? What, what, what sort of, you know, clicked into place thinking, well, this could be, you know, this could be autism? Yeah, well, I knew that I was very, I'm a very focused person, um, hyper-focused, you know, and I sort of studied and I was quite a high achiever. Um, But there were other things that I found incredibly difficult, like socialising, you know, face-to-face, like understanding what people meant or understanding, you know, those things between the lines. So I can be very good with facts and very good um, if I'm working on a particular topic, but if I'm taken off topic... Um, onto something that I don't know much about or into general sort of chit-chat, that can be really difficult if I'm not prepared. And um, and I guess that sort of, you know, over my long old life... <laughs> I'd, oh, um, poor old I'd soul. Started, I know. <laughs> I'd, I started to pick up a lot of these things, but yeah. really thought it might have been down to anxiety yeah. or depression or some kind of, you know, we look back across our lives and we think we've been affected by things and that they've had an impact. And actually... You know, when I realised um, that one of my children was autistic, that's pretty much when I realised I was. Okay. I mean, is it hereditary? Is, it, this, is this something? Yeah, there is evidence that suggests it is. it's hereditary. Yeah, there is there is evidence that suggests that, and there is, but there are lots of different thoughts on that. And um, and I'm not a doctor yet, but I am like oh, <laughs> I am, but I am, um, you know, but I am aware that there is a lot of research out there yeah. that suggests that there is a genetic link, um, and that actually, you know, lots of parents come to the service with their child and then end up revisiting autism Hampshire services. Yeah. for themselves and that's exactly what happened to me oh bless <laughs> so, you so yeah. your best place really to, to ask answer these questions then aren't you really um, I'd, I'd hope so yeah <laughs> yeah oh bless you yeah absolutely i mean i mean i'm, I'm intrigued you see now so adhd i mean what's the difference between that and autism because is there a crossover is there a fine line between the two or are yes, there, two different there, is. there is is there yeah, there is. So neurodiversity has lots of different things in it. I mean, from things quite common things like dyslexia. Yes. And then things like ADHD. But they have different, they manifest themselves differently in people. So, for example, with ADHD, you might find it really hard to focus and get distracted really easily and find it really difficult to sit still for a few minutes. Um, however, if with autism, autism spectrum condition, then maybe you would you would focus too much and not move, therefore then forget to go and drink and eat and some other things. But it, but I have to say, it does vary, and that's why they, that's why they use the word spectrum, which is not always helpful. No, um, it's not a nice <laughs> it word, really, is it? It's not. A... No, and it makes you think of something quite linear. Yeah. And actually, like like you said, there are crossovers and intersections with all of these conditions, and we can all, you know, if you're if you are autistic or you are neurodivergent, yeah. and you can have all little bits of those different things. Um, you know, which makes you more interesting. It I does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this is it, isn't it? I mean, that's. I guess it's 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 where life's going, isn't it? In some ways, it's 
it's changed all the time, isn't it? And it, we'll find more and more things about all these different things, and you know, and and, and what makes people and that kind of things. So it, it's interesting anyway to you know to differentiate, and I think. Perhaps it's helpful for our listeners tonight as well to find out more about it. Um, and, and if they have got concerns, it's obviously, you know, it's to come to organisations such as yourself. That's right. I mean, autism isn't an illness. It is a way of being. No. It's just it's just a difference, you know. Yeah. And, um, and there are some fast, fantastic people, and we know of, of people like Chris Packham, who are on yes. the autism spectrum, who have fantastic, who have amazing talent. But there are people out there that you don't have to have an amazing talent to be autistic. No. But it is part of, of biodiversity, you know, and it is part of that. And I think that I think for parents and um, and for adults actually that uh, that have autism in their lives um, or have a relative with autism, it's 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 getting education. It's get, it's being informed and up yes. to date with the latest information. And Autism Hampshire, um, we have uh, an information advice and guidance service that can be contacted um, through our website you know via email and at the moment they're not face-to-face meetings they're doing them over teams but uh, they are amazing they are amazing Um, and if they can't help you themselves they will signpost you to the correct service and although it can be daunting to contact some of these people and talk to them and as a parent I felt incredibly nervous sharing things about my child yeah Yeah. i did you know you worry people are going to judge you you think you know have i done something wrong am i not doing the right thing and it can be really difficult and Mm. they were amazing because they've been there done that and they've you know they you know they're really really um professional um and yeah they can give you the advice that you need I mean, on your website, there's all sorts of things here. I'm just looking now as I uh, on the um, on the banner. How can we help? And there's all sorts mm. of things there, from benefits, advice to housing and support services. These are the kind of things mm. you wouldn't really associate with an organisation such as yourself. No, I guess that we have. I mean, you're quite versatile. Yes, we have lots and lots of services and we have supported living. Um, We have specialist mentoring in universities um, that can help students, um, help students plan their work, give them advice and and give them, you know, a listening ear um, and guidance. We've got a charity shop that opened in 2019 in Fairham. It's been closed. Quite a lot. What happened? Been open <laughs> what do you do? Of, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't start the pandemic. No. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> that's been quite, um, yeah, it's been quite a barrier in yeah. the charity shop. But it's kept going with an eBay shop, and it's um, it's back Good. open again now. Uh, and we also have social groups, and that's kind of where my where I I work with a lot of social groups and sort of developing opportunities um, for for getting together socially albeit online at the moment um but that's that's really important for autistic adults to meet with yeah. other autistic adults yeah and you, to share their, their their share their experience yeah. their and, and as you're going through this and obviously you, you know you you have autism yourself as well are you mm. finding on an increase now and in people actually coming forward because perhaps it's education that people actually now you know identifying themselves as being autistic is it because now it's easy to talk about it perhaps now it was say 10 20 years ago i think so i think so i mean i think that you know like with anything and and we know you know with the news recently and everything you yeah. can look back through history and think gosh you know weren't, weren't we awful haven't we you know 
sort of come up with diff- difficult things and yes. to, to look at. But I think that we are getting more educated, that, that society is diverse and that we need to be more accepting. And that actually, you know, like I said before, autism isn't an illness, you know, it's a way of being. And I do think that more and more people are coming forward yeah. and more and more people are getting the support that they need to, to lead, to lead uh, you know, a full and, and qualitative life. You know, I think that... Yeah. I don't. I don't think that. Um, You're not ashamed, yeah, are you? Or not? Definitely, I'm very proud. Yeah. I'm very proud. Um, of the uh, yeah, and that's the point because <laughs> people might, you know, might feel if I say something, I'm, I feel ashamed. You know, and people look at me awkwardly and things like that. Yeah, and that does you can understand happen, that. Can, yeah, 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 I can, and I think that does happen. But again, that's not the fault of the person, no. and it's not, and it's not the fault of the autistic person. It's actually just education yeah. and and sort of being informed and having those facts. And I learn. I'm learning every day. I learn off of other people. I learn off of other autistic people the most, you know, yeah. um, how to negotiate things, you know, strategies to put in place. And um, and I must mention, actually, we have a really amazing app called Spectra 5, which you can use on your mobile phone or, you know, and you can download it. And it allows you to, to put in crisis plans so that if you've had situations that have been difficult or, you know, you, you, you may panic, and this is good for anybody, whether you're autistic or not, you know, you can put in those little um, little solutions and things that you know that work and have useful telephone numbers and things like that in it. So that's really, that's a really valuable service that we yeah. have. Okay, and that all those details there are on the website as well, can't they? People can go onto your website and find all this information. Yes, we have loads on the website. It's very it's, comprehensive, it's, yeah. It is, it is. So it's, um, it's www.autismhampshire.org.uk um, and we have, yeah, the history of the charity on there. We have our, our, our vision, our values and our mission. Um, I'm part of the Experts by Experience group and, um, and we help uh, kind of with the strategy of the charity and we help... Um, uh, discussions on specific training and personal perspectives and you know it really is a, co- a co-collaboration um with the service so yeah you can find a lot on there and um and there's some fun stuff and if anyone fancies volunteering there's also an opportunity to do that and you can contact us through the website for that see there's several ways to get involved and support something local as well which is rather nice and uh, well worth charity as well well i'm glad we're talking about it more um which is good news because obviously i think we need to do that um, and and change it's really changing people's attitudes isn't it i think that's the key to all this it is i think it's changing people's attitudes and i think actually it's it's allowing people to embrace their own difference. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, and this is, I'd like to say it's a British thing, which we'll probably get told off for, but I think, <laughs> you know, there is this idea that, you know, you have to, to have to have a certain front, you have to look and talk and yes. behave in a certain way. And it's very difficult for people to understand if, if people can't do that or they don't do that and they don't quite fit in, you know. And I think we just need to be a little bit more tolerant as a society. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and look out for people more as well, I think. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully we've learnt that over the last couple of years of what we've had going on. Let's hope so. Oh, let's hope so. And keep our fingers crossed and everything else as well. Deborah, it's been lovely talking to you. It really has. Uh, uh, When things calm down and we've gone back to some form of normality, it would be nice to get you in the studio and have a proper old chinwag over a cup of tea or something. So perhaps we can do that in the future. That'd be nice to look forward to. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Wouldn't it just, eh? Oh, God, I tell you what, you've missed lots. (laughs) 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 But it'd be nice to have a chat with you and uh, in full. But we will stay in touch because it's always nice to come back to you in the meantime as well in between all that and just uh, find out how you're doing. But it's a pleasure to talk to you tonight. Thanks, Deborah, for coming on. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah, thank you. Are you 
you look after yourself. All right, my dear. You take care. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks, Deborah. Uh, Goatly Birch there from Autism Hampshire. If you want to find out more information about that, about the organisation, perhaps volunteering, perhaps finding out some of the events as well, uh, and perhaps some of the tools that uh, you can can help you uh, perhaps identify someone with autism. All on the website there, autismhampshire.org.uk, along with the helpline numbers there as well, if you need to call them at any time as well. Just say hi to Maureen, who's in Waterlooville tonight. Another Maureen, in actual fact, uh, who feels all chilled and relaxed. She's had a po- posh massage. Very nice in here too, Maureen. I hope you enjoyed it. Am I chilled? On the edge of my seat here, I tell you. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for getting in touch with the show as always and listening to the show. Great to have you along there as always. Week's news and news, and we'll turn our attention to, to, to staying on the relaxing theme in actual fact because we're looking at Butser Ancient Farm just over the hill there between Waterlooville and Petersfield in actual fact. And uh, Maureen, uh, Maureen Page this time, uh, is there for us this evening. Maureen, good evening to you. Hello, good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Fine. It's been a, a really lovely week and a half, actually. It's you, been lovely. You've been lucky with the weather, Maureen. <laughs> We've been so lucky with the weather. Haven't you? And, and, Just. and that's really been the, the icing on the cake because it, there's been so many lovely things happening at the farm and we've had so many lovely visitors. It's been fantastic. Now, I'll have to put my hand up. I've never been to see you. Oh, I didn't out. know you were there, Maureen. Oh. How can you tempt me? Tempt me, Maureen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, our farm has been there nearly, nearly 50 years. Next year is our 50th anniversary. Um, The project has been running then for nearly 50 years. Has it really? What, next year? Yes. Did you say, oh, same age as me? Look at that. (laughs) And and, um, (laughs) it, it hasn't... Uh, changed in that we are still doing exactly the same as it was set up to do. So we're exploring what life was like in the very distant past. So our timeline goes from um, early uh, early, um, Neolithic um, uh, Stone Age um, right through to Saxon and um, we've got buildings for each of those periods. We only build from evidence so we research uh, an excavated building and um, try and imagine what that, those marks in the ground could have been caused by, what kind of building would have made those marks to leave that evidence, and then we try to recreate that. And what we recreate really could only be one possibility of what that house might have looked like. Unfortunately, we can't ask the people no. who originally built them because they're all dead. So we have to go with the best we can. And so our newest building that we opened to the public for the first time um, when we opened on the 12th of April is our newest Neolithic house. Um, it's called the Horton House, and it's based on evidence that was excavated very close to Heathrow Airport. And we've worked in close... Uh, proximity with um, Wessex Archaeology, who excavated the remains, and we have reconstructed what we think the house might have looked like 6,000 years ago. Wow, so a lot of it is guesswork then, really, isn't it? It is, but it's guesswork with a lot of uh, knowledge and a lot yeah, of but it's uh, investigation up. and research and, and evidence, um, and, and we have to be able to justify everything we do. You know, were these materials around at the time? Were these materials close by at the, at the time? Can you do this with these kind of materials? How long is it going to last? How will it actually do the job that we think it was built to do? And all of those questions need to be answered. Wow! And so much goes into it, and time and effort as well. And you say you, you've got to get it right, haven't you? 
Well, we try to get it right. Yeah. However, if you get it wrong, that's a learning thing as well. And I have to <laughs> say, the, the whole place is all about learning, um, and that's learning for everybody. It's for us yeah. as we're doing things, but it's also learning for the people that come to visit. So in a good year, before the coronavirus pandemic, um, we were having 35,000 school children visit us each year. And um, I'm hoping that they'll start to... Well, we have had the school group there today, but I'm hoping that more will start to come back now that things are easing off a little bit. Um, but... It's not just for school children, it's for academics, it's for students, it's for interested adults, it's for just the general public who really want to find out more about what life was like here a very long time ago. Yeah, and it's the it's a hidden jewel of the crown in Hampshire, isn't it? Well, we think it is, yes, <laughs> but we're a bit biased. <laughs> oh, bless you. But it's a lovely setting as well. It is, it's beautiful. Yes, it's, it's really nice. Um, we're very close uh, to the A3, so it's easy to get to, but it's a little bit um, a bit off the beaten track so that you don't hear the cars all the time. We haven't got traffic going past all the time. In Wonderful. fact, today um, was at the start of a really lovely project. We are working with Operation Nightingale, which is an organisation to support veterans who've been um, wounded and had um, nasty effects from, from uh, war wounds. Um, and we're working with them to recreate um, a Bronze Age house, uh, which they have excavated in Dorset. And so we're working with um, the archaeologists that worked with them, Richard Osgood, and um, we're working to reconstruct that. And we started it today, which was absolutely superb. They were there on site. And we were just standing there watching this whole herd of deer just walk across the field next door. It must have been about 50 of them. Um, and it was just stunning. It was really lovely. Oh, what a setting too, as well, and, and yeah, the weather for it, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's absolutely. a good place to go and work then. Oh, wonderful place to go and work. Yeah, <laughs> but a nice place to go and visit too. Yeah, and indeed, indeed. Probably one of the best jobs you've got then. I'd imagine, Maureen. I think it probably is. Yes, we we like to think that anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's not just you know obviously getting school children and things like that. I mean. You, you're getting TV drums and film companies coming to see you. Yes, we do. We do quite a bit of filming. Um, we've had, um, we, we did um, a Horrible Histories uh, feature film, um, and we, we, we do quite a little bit of filming. We do a lot of documentary filming. Um, it's, a, it's a really, uh, really built set for, for that kind of film, so, um, and that does help us with our finances as well. We, we, yes, we're quite uh, open to suggestions, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So anyone wants to come and make a film, uh, come and come and see you. Uh, and which is which is great. And it is a fantastic setting as well. And yeah, a, a lots to do. I imagine, isn't it too? There are lots, lots of things to do. We tried very hard. The, the site was set up um, originally as somewhere to explore um, the evidence of the archaeology of, of the distant past, but it was very. Um, very much a hands-on site. So Dr. Peter Reynolds, who, who was the site's founder, was very clear that he wanted people to be able to come and do things. And we've continued with that. And we are very clear, too, that that's the way for people to learn. Yeah. It's certainly the way for people to remember things. So people come along and do things, which is um, lovely. So all those Operation Nightingale people that were there today were all doing things. They were um, stripping grass off the ground to be able to where we're going to put the house. They were building a fence. Um, they, were, they, were, they were busy 
getting the round the ground ready. Um, but when we have visitors, they they do things as well. They have a go at carving some chalk, or they might have a go at making a fence, or they might have a go at um, doing some spinning. We have a whole load of activities that we offer on, on different occasions, um, and that I think makes a big difference to people's visit. If they can actually touch and yes. feel and smell the materials that people used in the past. So very hands-on, literally, very, very hands-on. hands-on as well. And, yes. of course, the animals as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. We have, um, at the moment, we've got sheep and goats. Um, they're, all our animals are rare breeds. So the sheep are Manx Lockton sheep, um, which are a sort of mousy brown colour, not very large, but they've all got horns, and that, that particular breed can grow a pair of horns or two pairs of horns or even three pairs of horns. Wow. Um, we've got several with two pairs. Um, and the goats are English goats, and they too are an endangered breed. Um, and in fact, one of our goats is pregnant, so we're just waiting. Oh, wow. Not quite sure um, how long we've got to wait, but um, <laughs> there will be um, hopefully a, a, a new kid uh, running around soon. And then towards... Uh, the beginning of June, we will be taking on some pigs, and the piglets that we take on will be a cross between wild boar and a Tamworth um, pig, so um, they should be really nice. Yeah, very nice indeed. How can we find you? Um, you can um, find us on our website, which is uk, and there's lots of information on there about us when we're open. Um, and you need to go to the website to be able to book tickets because at the moment, because sure. of coronavirus, uh, we're asking everybody to book in advance, um, which um, is very easy to do off the website. And it means then that we also know how we can keep an, a track on numbers and keep everybody as safe as possible. Um, and we're positioned just off the A3, um, south of Petersfield, um, midway, I suppose, between uh, Petersfield and... and um, Portsmouth or haven't it, it, it's it's really clearly signposted and uh, in fact we're next door to the Queen Elizabeth Country Park so oh very nice so we yeah. can't miss you you can't miss us. No, no. <laughs> but a fantastic setting as well. Brilliant stuff. Maury, it's lovely talking to you. I mean, we're going to keep in touch if we can and, and stay with you and uh, just find out how you're doing as well. Always, always nice to come back to you. Certainly when things are brighter, you know, when the lockdown has sort of uh, been lifted a bit more. So it'd be yes, nice to come back yes, to you. Thank you very much. Yes, we're really looking forward to that. But I have to say the site is really safe because um, you don't even... I mean, you can go into our houses. We invite you into our houses. But in fact... You can appreciate the site just sure. by being outside, so it's a very safe place to be, yeah. which is really nice. And, and nice and peaceful. That's what we need, very a bit of peaceful. relaxation. Yeah. Oh, yes. Nice setting as well and all that. Brilliant stuff. More in page. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much indeed for that, and uh, good luck with the rest of it. Good luck with uh, the, the next stage of, uh, of easing of lockdown, and uh, let's hope for continued good weather as well. Thank you very much indeed. Cheers, Maureen. All the best there. You take care. Many thanks. Bye-bye. Maureen Page there from Butzer Ancient Farm. If you want to find out more information about that, go to the website, butzerancientfarm.co.uk. And thanks to your company. Uh, Door again, same time next week from 7 soon to 9 o'clock for more weeks, uh, more of the week's news interviews, rather. And Phil Ratz from Friends of the Homeless will be joining us for a chat as well. We'll find out how they're doing as well during this mad pandemic, of course. Look forward to your company then for that and more next week here on the show from 7 soon to nine o'clock whatever you're doing stay safe look after yourself have a fabulous seven days take care no not now